is Will Tinkin. Thanks for listening to the Bitter Comics Comics Podcast. And here's your host, JT Foreman. Good job, dude. Can I have a high five? Yes. Good job. That's really nice. Hello, this is Joel, and welcome to episode I Lost Track. I'm not even sure what episode this is of the podcast. I haven't done one in so long. But uh, welcome. Uh, I'm here with my very good friend, the the amazing, the hilarious, uh, Mr. Chris Cruz. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. That's a awesome. great That's a great number to have the, the number I lost track. That's yeah. Well, you know, I, it, it really has been a long time since I have done an episode of the, of, of the podcast. Well, good. I'm glad you picked me to kickstart this thing back up, man. Yeah. Well, actually, it's it, I didn't pick you. You picked me. And I, <laughs> I have to I have to thank you for that. Uh, honestly because <laughs> I really love doing the podcast. It's 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 not getting me anywhere, but I'm doing it because I do it because it's fun, you know, and oh, yeah. and I haven't done it in so long because it is hard to get people to, you know, to get the people together at the time and get the equipment and everything and yeah, I mean, schedules as a comedian, are hard as it is because you got to have you, you, yeah. your day job. You got your booked gigs and your your other you know stuff. So to fit in to that small schedule, it's yeah. not easy. You know, yeah. you have two different <laughs> cycles that are you know. Yeah, I feel you, bro. Uh, one second, okay. Bittercomics.podbean.com. Is that part of the podcast? Uh, well, it has been recorded on the podcast. I'm just uh, I I typed it in twice. And misspelled things, and it gave me weird stuff in the search. So I just had okay, uh, one nineteen. We're at episode one nineteen. The oh, last dude, episode I did was when wow, one nineteen. Yeah, the oh, last episode shit. I did was like five or six months ago when I was in Las Vegas. Oh, and so yeah, it has been a while. You remember how long ago it was that I went to Vegas for a week? I don't. Okay, well it was a long time ago. It was like June or something. Okay, so it's been a long time. And last night when I was talking to you at the at the show at uh, at Fab. And someone asked me, "Is this a gay bar, dude? It's called Fab." <laughs> but uh, um, we were we were talking about comedy in general, and you were like, "Hey, we should do this on the podcast." And so yeah. you're the reason we're doing the podcast today, and I do want to thank you for that because you know, I, as, we were talking as much about as I like doing shit. it, I was I, I I don't know. I guess I got to the point where I just kind of given up and trying to to do more because. You know, several times people are like, yeah, let's do it. And then I call them on the day and they're like, no, I can't. Man. And so so thank you very much no for problem, suggesting man. we do the podcast and for hosting at your lovely home. Uh, Sweet. Anyway, let, let me get the, through the intro real quick before we, we continue on with my kissing your butt about the place. <laughs> but uh, Okay, so uh, we're going to begin once again with my opening segment. JT was a real prick last week. Which it was longer than a week ago, but I call it last week because I wanted to do want to do the podcast weekly. Uh, but this is a segment in which I apologize for the cruel, offensive, and probably racist things I said in the last episode. Now this is what episode one nineteen. So for my insensitivity in episode one eighteen, I would like to apologize to black people, glam rock, and Elton John. How, how many views do you get on this podcast? Uh, four or five. You know, I, I, and I think, I think that's just like my mom downloads it just so I don't feel like no one's listening. <laughs> a couple uh, of times. Yeah. Two or three times. Actually, the, the, the most downloads any one episode has gotten, I believe was, uh, was 50 or 60. Um, that was an episode I had Andrew Boydston and Matthew Melanche on. Mm-hmm. They were both going to Fresno State at the time and told their friends at school they were doing a podcast and I guess all of those people listened to it. Yeah. So that was the most. Uh, but all of those people, yeah. 50 people. <laughs> well, all of the well, all the people they know. Yeah. They, they, yeah. What do you mean those people? <laughs> uh, well, those college Dude, people. What did you think? Oh well. So let's talk comedy, man. Let's let's <laughs> get it. Let's. Oh, do you still have more introduction? Uh, still more intro. Yeah, I, let it, I, let I, it I get out. I get a little distracted sometimes. Let it uh, out, man. Well, if uh, bleed. If you if you would like to know why I'm apologizing to these things, check out episode 118 and all our previous episodes at bittercomics.podbean.com. If you uh, <laughs> if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, I actually got it in the iTunes store, so just do a search for Bitter Comics, or you can subscribe. Go to the website bittercomics.podbean.com. Scroll down a little bit, and on the right hand side of the page, there are buttons you can click on that will subscribe you using iTunes, Google, or my Yahoo. 
And if you feel I owe any additional apologies, or to make any comments, just send us an email to bittercomics at podbean dot. I'm sorry, bittercomics at hotmail dot com, and in the subject line, please put you didn't have a shot, but you should have tried anyways. <laughs> Uh, I believe what that was referring to was um, there was this very, very lovely and sexiest voiced woman I've ever personally met in my life. Her name was Froxy Stedeva. 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 Yes. Um, Russian, yeah. No, well, she's, uh, you know, somewhere in the Eastern Bloc. I don't remember exactly where, but she was working as an intern for, uh, um, you know, uh, Phil DeGrasse. Phil Pareto, uh, uh, in, in Las Vegas. He, Phil Pareto, resonating with me. Phil Pareto is a stand-up comedian, and he books some shows in in uh, Las Vegas. Sweet. And uh, he was on the podcast, uh, and uh, Roxy Stadeva was on the podcast as well. And uh, she was very hot, and she has the sexiest voice in the world. And I didn't have a shot, but I should have tried anyways. Mm, that's not that's not necessarily true. Well, you know, if you know, you're never going to see him anyway again, anyhow. Well, well, you know, you, you got to go. You got to go for it. Science, if you're gonna in the have, name of science, if you're going to have a premeditated scientific method plan, like I'm going to try this, and these are the results I'm going to get, so you can learn from it. But don't just crawl out there and just throw the football. You know, just throw <laughs> the football in the field. I'm going to get a touchdown. That's like, dude, it, yeah, no, there's I'm, no one else on the field, and it's two in the morning. <laughs> hey, bro, wouldn't have well, made I, it if I, I didn't throw it. We, if someone had been there to catch it, man, we'd have, got, <laughs> we'd have won the Super Bowl. No, you wouldn't have won the Super Bowl because it's two in the morning and you're on the field alone. So, I mean, well, did this chick see you do stand-up? No. No, no? she didn't. Okay. I feel like uh, that's a big icebreaker, you know, if you're going to talk to a chick is if she sees you kill. Yeah, that's true. Big uh, icebreaker. Yeah. Because that just eases it. The, the biggest problem with approaching a new woman is she has to break you down and realize, this man will not rape me. Once yeah, that well, Once that's out the window, you can move to the next step to this man will not, you know, disrespect me. And the yeah. more layers you get to, it's like, oh, I can chill with this guy. Yeah. So when you do when you kill on stage, a lot of those layers just go out the window, and then they're just you're a person talking to another person. Well, you know that that makes me wonder about how things used to work because like nowadays everything that you do is considered creeperish. Like for instance, if mm. if, I, if you write if you write a love letter to a girl, oh, and you, put you can't it, do that. You yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> now, once upon a time, that was considered a very romantic thing to do. Now, the oh, question fuck. is, have have we gotten to the point where the standards of what is considered creeper have changed, or is it just that women assumed they were going to get raped before and accepted it? Uh, <laughs> because That's funny. That's funny. I'm just not sure. Because it's a dark you know, topic, man. You, 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 well, I mean, you write as what you consider a, a very sweet kind of... You know, the, I only want two things from you. I want to see you smile, and I want to be the reason you're smiling. Yeah. And, and if you write that on a note, and you you put it in her in her locker at school, oh, or God. you put it in her in her uh, mailbox, and she sees that note, and and at the end it says "Love Jay," and and thirty years ago, if you'd have done that, she'd have been. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because a, a letter is the only way to convey a message. Well, and, to and now, and now you text someone that, and she's like, "Oh, I gotta call the FBI." Oh, you know, no. so I mean, it, it's all context, bro. You can't fucking, you can't just send out a love letter. But ever. you used to, you used yeah, to in William Shakespeare time. You no, know, no, 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 no. Even, even well, because I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm 43, so to me, when I was a kid, that's the 80s. So this is like ancient history, bro, dude. The time that it was acceptable to send love letters is the reason that Ted Bundy was created. That is true. But <laughs> that it is also true that, that when it is also true that when Ted Bundy was on trial, there were women there in the courtroom trying to give him love letters and marriage proposals. Yeah, cuz that's the time that it was. <laughs> it was you had nothing yes. else. There was no Facebook, there was no Twitter. That that picture that came on your Newspaper with Ted Bundy's beautiful face. He, he was a very pretty man. He's an attractive he man. Very That's how I got away with it. Well, so then that brings us back to my question: Is it that the standards is of what is you know? It's, is it that you know this was considered romantic once and it's not now? Have the standards changed, or is it just that women? It the standards always been the same. That was never really considered romantic. It's just that women were expecting to get raped and expe- accepted it. 
I feel Absolutely. like uh, people like me and you can't really throw the word rape around too, you know, too yeah. frivolously. I feel like it needs to be a calculated strike because I got a beard, you know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm well, a, the people listening at home, I'm a very portly man. I have a lot of pedophilic features. I'm a, I, play, <laughs> I, I have a beard and I just, you know, unkempt hair and I play video games and and do stand up comedy. But on the outside, oh, dude, check this out. Check this out. Okay. You have a scooter. I have a scooter. All yes. Right? I love my scooter. I love my scooter. So It's a very manly scooter, by the way. Yours is much more manly than mine is. Mine's a little red-orange piece of shit. So I, I I got this scooter, and I had the best intentions. I was like, yeah, I'm going to... Uh, I live right next to the Island Water Park. I'm going to get a season pass. I don't need a pool. I'm going to just ride my scooter. It's going to be like 21 cents to get there, round yeah. trip. You know, I'm going to get to swim and, and chill out, and, you know, it's 40 bucks for the season pass. Bro, I went there one time for eight minutes, and I left, and I never went back. And I, I'll, I'll never go back to a water park ever again. The looks that I got when I showed up at 1030 at a water park with nothing but kids and families. Dude, people were looking at me like yeah. I was a creep. And I was like, this is, this. I got to get out of here. It's like, look, I like to swim. Water slides are fun. Now, right? now, technically, it, it doesn't matter how much how much light you like to swim. It doesn't matter how much water parks are fun. All anyone sees is here's this guy by himself and everyone else has got their kids around. Facial hair, portly, creep. Now, here's the thing. As an American, it is my right. That is a fucking, that's a business. I can go and pay ticket and nobody can tell me shit. As a human, I have to understand that I'm weirding people out. I need to get the hell out of here. You know, I could be a dick and be like, what are you going to do to me? Yeah, I could do that. But I know, I can visually see people uncomfortable. Get out of there. You know, get out of there. So, that's what I'm saying, like. Guys like you and me, we just got to know. We just got to know that we can't talk about can't talk about anything. Ra- yeah, rape. We, we, well, you know, here's, so like, and here's the like worst. It's nothing, in my opinion, here's the worst part about that particular thing: the 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 physical things about us that make us think, "Oh, this guy's a creeper," are the exact reasons why we wouldn't do it. Look at we're okay. a bunch of fucking trolls. Just me and you well, in this in this well, house. Like, about, I'm not a creep. There, it's the world that's wrong. Well, and, and it's it, yes, absolutely. It absolutely is the world that's wrong. Yes, it that's is. That's exactly. And I mean, exactly right. We still have to accept the reality of what the world is, but we're. I'm also going to acknowledge that the world is wrong, and and mm. it's because the world is not wrong. The yes, world is, is complicated. Well. Th- Yes, but it's also wrong. <laughs> Things can be complicated and wrong at the same time. But it's like, okay, you, oh, well, this 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 portly guy, he's he's a creeper. No, look at him. He's fat. He's not going to rape you. That's too much work. I'm going to hold someone down. Yeah, if you look, look at, at the, me. If you look I'm going to hold someone. The only way I'm going to hold someone down is if I lie on top of them. <laughs> and it, the, anyone that... that yeah. They, they could get away. I feel, yeah, planning out how it would work, I just, we got to... I feel like we should just shift from rape to something else. <laughs> it would just a comedy is a is a real good idea. All think. right, all right. <laughs> okay, you know what? Uh, I, hey, I could go on we're, rape we're, all we're gonna, day we're and gonna, all night, but let's just move on to comedy. Well, you know, I, I feel you're the one who brought us to that subject. <laughs> I quite frankly am defending us. I'm defending the two yes, of us. The two trolls. I'm the, the one. I, I think I'm on our side, and you're the enemy here. Uh, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay, so uh, let's uh, let's. Uh, we're only going to partially shift gears. We're going to stay with the fat thing for a minute. Okay, I'm with that. Uh, and uh, I don't think either of us are to the point where we're fat, but we're on the border. Oh no, we're fat. No, no, no. We are overweight, but we're not fat. No, we're fat. we are still capable of walking to the car and 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 going up a flight of stairs. We'll be winded when we get to the top of the flight of stairs, but we can still go up those stairs. When uh. you can't go up the stairs anymore. Now, and you like unless they have an escalator, I'm staying home. Now you're fat. No, that's we more, are. That's morbidly obese. We're no, no, fat. no. Morbidly obese is you're riding the hover round. That's the guy that can't climb. And the you stairs. have to go to the elevator. And you have to go to the elevator. <laughs> no, a guy who can walk but has to go slow and and, and ha- looks for the escalator. That's fat. The guy on the hover round who has to have an elevator, he's just not going. That's obese. No. Yes. You know how... You know Just how, accept it and let's move on. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> uh, what the, is this podcast? I'm a, I'm, anyway, a, I'm a hostage. So I... I uh, <laughs> uh, uh, every once in a while, I'll just... For no real reason, I'll just decide I'm going to make something. 
a couple a couple weeks ago, I decided I was gonna make uh, um, coffee cake. Okay, we're talking sweets. And, yes, we're talking sweets. Still and like, uh, it, it was about a year, about two years ago, I think. I, I was at Seas Candy, and I got my favorite candy. It was the milk chocolate buttercream. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if I could make this. So I looked up a recipe and I made some. And and I have a, a periodically made some of my milk chocolate buttercream candy ever since then. Delicious. I just made it back a couple days ago, and I have some here with with me now. And here, to prove to everyone how great I am at making milk chocolate buttercream candy, you and I are going to each eat one piece of the milk chocolate buttercream candy right and now. And what the viewers at home don't know is that Joel has a bag of two Butterfinger Pop Delights, and he gave me a bag with two Butterfinger Pop Delights. Those are in my fridge right now, so I'm getting a third one at no extra charge. Thank That's you, right. Joel. Everyone else I gave some, I just gave them the one bag with two of them, but so you're getting this, an extra one. Is this like just uh, the whole thing, or do I take a well, bite of this, or what uh, is this? Well, you know, you can eat it whatever way you want, um, but see, I, I have to use the toothpick. I, I, you know, I put the buttercream together, I put the toothpick in it, and I have to, have, I have to freeze it so yeah. it's solid enough, and I dip it in the chocolate. So for the people and who don't know what this looks like, it's it looks like, like a, a brown plunger, really. That's, that's exactly it, like. it, with a toothpick. A toothpick, yeah. a brown, yeah, perfect analogy. It looks like a, a little brown plunger. But everyone is going to hear the mmm, the oohs, and the ahs, so they know how everyone good these are. Me. Okay, ready? Here we go. Bart. Oh. Oh, that's nice. I don't know what I You made that? Yes, I did. You made this? I made that. Wow. The uh, the buttercream filling. I was pl- is... I was planning on taking a shit on this, bro. On your podcast today, yeah. no matter how good it was, to just be like, this is not that good. This is fantastic. Yes, it is. This is fantastic. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Oh, no. I fucking, I fucking dropped it. Well, you only dropped about a quarter of it. Oh. I got two more in the... Fr- no, I'm eating this. Fuck that. Yeah, the 10-second roll. Oh, dude. It is good. As I put it in my mouth, I realized how dirty my carpet is. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. There you go. Oh. But all of you should be jealous of that. Okay, uh, yeah, the, actually, the recipe is br- really, really simple. Whew. Wow. Um, Fantastic. Four, it's uh, uh, a, uh, a quarter cup of uh, butter, um, three ounces of cream cheese... One and a half teaspoons of vanilla extract and four cups of powdered sugar. I just imagine somebody that's, with that's a, the cream filling. A notepad writing this down. Well, they should, and <laughs> uh, uh, and then of course the the chocolate coating. I just melted Ghirardelli chocolate chips. Okay. And uh, and that's the, really that's all the ingredients in there. And it's fantastic. Yes, they are, they are delicious. It's so. fantastic. Uh, I'm gonna make someone a wonderful wife one day. Basically, <laughs> is what. Uh, yeah, you know, I I uh, I it, it's. Uh, it is. It is nice. See, I, I'm not a chef, but I'm a cook. The chef is able to walk into a room. There's a bunch of ingredients lying around, and they're like, they can just come up with ten things and make it. A cook can follow a recipe. I can follow a recipe. I cannot walk into a room that's got a whole bunch of ingredients in it and make things up because I don't know how all the food works together. My buddy Steve, he was a, a grill cook for Outback Steakhouse for like 15 years or something. He's a chef. He can walk into a room that's just got stuff and just make things. Uh, but me, I'm just I'm just a cook. I, I can and I can cook anything if you give me a recipe. Nice. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's delicious. All right. So uh, what we were talking about last night oh, was how, oh hold on how far oh, are we in? Uh, we are eighteen minutes. Eighteen minutes until comedy comes up. Boom. Fast forward to eighteen minutes if you're at home. Well, you know, there's there's been some comedy in here. This is this is not 18 minutes until comedy came up. It just <laughs> wait. There, there been a couple of laughs. Oh no, definitely. But I'm talking about is this is this a podcast about you or is this about comedy? What is this? Well, you know, about? it's 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 really just kind of I have a conversation with a with a couple of other stand up comics. Okay, it, there's no specific subject. You know, when I when I first started doing it, I, the idea was I would be it would be about the Fresno comedy scene. And I would have what what Fresno comedy <laughs> exactly? So I had to branch out a little bit. Yeah, but uh, oh, you know what? Um, before before we get into the comedy thing, <laughs> twenty two minutes coming in twenty two minutes. Star Wars is coming out. Yes, in a couple days. Are yes. we excited? Uh, I am. I wasn't at first, but you know, whatever. I had my I had my feelings about it. I uh, I, I was so disappointed with Episode One. Yeah, and so disappointed with episode two and three, and I feel this next one. J.J. Abrams to me 
uh, in my opinion, is the most underwhelming director uh, of all time. Well, I mean, okay, what other movies has he's done that, that you've seen? Okay, the... uh, Super 8 was a pile of shit. Super 8 was absolutely terrible. Cloverfield? Yeah, Super 8 was kind of horrible. Cloverfield, Cloverfield was... was a cock tease the whole yeah. fucking time. His, his, his... Okay, Star Trek was good. It was yes. just good. It wasn't great. It yeah. was just good. Star Trek, the second one, I feel like was a complete ripoff of the, uh, the Wrath of Khan, you know? And he just mixed things up. He mixed the equation up a little bit. Well, I, I don't know that it was a ripoff of the Wrath of Khan, but I do think they could have done a lot better with that character. Dude, it because is, yes, is, they could is, have done a lot better. That is the most memorable villain in all of Star Trek Yes, <laughs> They could have done so much better with that. Oh, and then the perfect actor. Uh, yeah. Cumberbatch. Oh, know? yeah. He was he was amazing. And, you know, he, he did the same thing there to make that character creepy that Anthony Hopkins did with, with Hannibal Lecter. Mm. That just stillness. Yeah. You know? It just, he's just standing there completely motionless and just looking at you. That absence of no, emotion. Yeah. Powerful. And he, he's not happy. He's not sad. He's not angry. He's just there looking at you. Because yeah, he, he know he he knows what's going on. Yeah, and then you know that movie was it was good, but it wasn't yeah. great. He hasn't made anything great. His his the reason he exists is because of Lost, and I watched Lost, uh, season one, two, seven, eighteen, and the whole time I'm thinking, okay, so they're dead, right? And they're like, no, they're not. Or yeah. are they? Wait till the they? next. And then at the end, oh, they were all dead. Great. Yeah. Like I didn't picture that in the second episode. And then I, I just I feel like he's gonna I feel like he's gonna do a good job on this one. I feel like um, yeah. just like Star Trek the first one. I feel like he brought it. Yeah. You know, it was a good movie. I don't think I'm gonna go and be disappointed. So I'm gonna go check it out and yeah. just so I could. Make but it you're not gonna be there waiting in line for two hours in I'm the cold sp- on opening. I'm specifically night. going to write material about it. Because I know everyone's going to see it, and I'm going to capitalize on that. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's my favorite part about watching movies. I can't even enjoy movies anymore. Yeah. Because I'm just making jokes in my head as they go on. And yeah. It's, just, it's terrible. I, I, it, any experiences, it's hard to just in, enjoy it as, as as it is being a, a, be, being a comedian myself. Because I find myself making fun of everything as it's going on. Jesus. I mean, I'll be on a date with my girlfriend, and I'll be making fun of it in my head. As it as it's happening, uh, but <laughs> my phone keeps going off. Hold on, let me. I sh- I, this is ridiculous, man. You need to stop for a minute so you can. Uh... No, I mean if that's how you do it, but I'm gonna pause it right here. There we go. Vibrate, vibrate. There we go. Bam. And what were we talking put about? Put phone on pleasure mode. Uh, well, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the, the thing for me is, I I uh, I don't think Star Star Wars is uh, a movie you go see by yourself. Um, it, true, that's the true, kind true, of true. movie that ha- needs to be a communal experience. But the I thing is, don't know about that. Well, it, it, I'm not talking about going with 40 people, but you got to go with a buddy who also likes Star Trek. I think, dude, I like and, I like appreciate. I'm a, I'm a big appreciator of art in all its forms. When I'm watching a movie, I believe in escapism. I want to just be in that movie. I don't want to listen to a little piece of shit punk ass 12 year old arguing well, no, with mom. And that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, I having the the twelve year old who's going to start crying because he's bored in any movie is horrible. Not at ten o'clock, three weeks after well, it comes out. That's true. But see, with with a, a movie like Star Trek, I think you want to go see it with a, a a couple of friends who also like Star Trek. Yeah, or Star Wars. I mean, I'm I know sorry. I'm picking or up either. Down. Uh, so uh, because I. I I think then, because like Star Wars, after Star after I finish watching the movie, I know I'm going to want to talk about it, and so I want to I want to go see it with 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 at least one or two other people who also want to see it. So it's like you know my uh, um, I don't want to go see it the first time I see it. I don't want to go see it with my girlfriend because she's not going to want to talk about the movie afterwards because she's not a huge Star Wars fan. I mean she she may or may not. Like it, like it. I mean, she'll she'll enjoy the movie and for what it is, and but she's not gonna, you know. And as soon as I start talking about, oh well, you know, Princess Leia, this and was different from, and she's like, what? Shut up! What? What? Who cares? You just watch the movie. It's good. Let's go have. Let's go eat. She's not hey. gonna be interested in having that in depth analysis Dude, afterwards. Movie, like I would. movies make so much. There's so much more fun when you have zero emotional attachment to them. I remember Star Wars Episode One. 
I had an emotional attachment to it. I was like, this is going to be a good movie. I'm excited for this. You know, like, I missed when Star Wars came out and yeah. changed everyone's life. And, you know, the way people talk about it, I'm excited that this can be a part of mine. Yeah. But it's the disappointment that stuck with me, you know. And now I have an emotional attachment to this new yeah. movie. But I recently just, I'm trying to rewatch them before Friday, you know. And I saw episode one. I was captivated. I was so, I was like, this is a good well, movie. But when I was watching it when it came out, I was just a piece of shit. Well, yeah. Here, I think that the prequels have gotten a bad rap um, yeah. because people were expecting, you know, it, it's it, everything looks better in in uh, in hindsight, and as good as the Star Wars movies were, they have been deified, and so nothing is ever going to live up to the three gods of Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Nothing will ever live up to that. So no matter, how, no matter how good the prequels were, they're going to suck. Yeah, that's a, that's a and, solid statement in comparison. And so when they did... Now, if you if you just watch the movies on for what they are, they're actually very good. They're not great, but they're very good movies. They're like the Star, what you're talking about, the new Star Trek movie, the first one. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very good. It wasn't great. Mm-hmm. The, Star Wars, the Star Wars prequels were very good, but they weren't great. Um... And and they got uh, they got un, unrighteously punished uh, by comparison for for the original ones mm. and for the the uh, the ah that people felt for the original ones. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually in a way that's good for the new ones that are coming out now because just imagine if the prequels had been better than the originals. How much would be expected out of these new ones that are coming out? Good. Right now, all Good. the new ones have to do is save the franchise from disaster. <laughs> as it, you know, and, and I'm doing air quotes right now because that's what I hear. I hear the hardcore Star Wars fans saying that, oh, you know, J, you know, it's just, they just have to. It, as long as they're not as crappy as the the prequels were, then then I'll be happy. Whereas if the prequels had been absolutely amazing, like everyone saw the original Star Wars series as, then there, there would be such high expectations that J.J. Abrams probably wouldn't have done it. And they would have had a really hard time finding anyone willing to give it a try. Christopher Nolan. Well, yeah, but do you want to be the guy who ruined Star Wars? I mean, imagine if George Lucas, he made the original Dude. Star Wars, and then he made the prequels, and those were even better, and now he's not going to make the new ones. Do you want to be the guy who ruined it? Would you want to take that risk, especially considering where your career is at already? You know, That's your function as a director. Is yes, to... it is. And now me personally, I would, I would absolutely, uh, uh, absolutely want to go for it. But like J.J. Abrams, he's, he's uh, directing this first one, but he's already said he's not going to do the second and third. What? That's and, fucked up. Because if he kills said, it, if he kills it on the first one, yeah. <laughs> and he even said it's because he doesn't want to be the guy who killed Star Wars. Oh, that's a little uh, pussy. It, it was an it was an interview that I read like a year and a half ago somewhere. What a little homo. Yeah, I know. I was I was really disappointed in that. I was like, don't you know, fucking wet your panties off of me saying he's a homo. It's not fucking. Yeah. Come on. Okay, get offended. Okay, get offended if you want. Well, no, I have three homo friends. Okay, I just (laughs) I run an open mic at a gay bar. I can say these things. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) It's a fab. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Someone asked me, "Is this a gay bar, dude?" The place is called Fab. (laughs) Dude, that place is so fun. It is. It is. I like. I like. You're able to just cut loose there, and that's something that you know when when you're doing these shows, when you're doing when you're producing shows, the hardest thing. To find is an owner of a venue that has your back, and when yeah, you, when you yeah. can find that, magic happens. I mean, look at look at uh, Mother Mary's. Oh yeah, the owner is just he wants to win. You yeah. know, Danny Minch is out there to win. He's out there to book solid comics, yeah. to book solid shows, and and that guy is like, I don't even know what his name is. But uh, he's, Lynn, yeah, dude, he's always there rooting for him. It, it, it's magic. It's yeah. magic. Every club I've been to has yeah. just been. Like me and them, and they're just oh, are you gonna do it? Like yeah, I'm like, okay. Like this is yeah. it's like well, I mean, we're not working together. The the shows didn't have a much of an audience for the first year or so that he was, that Danny was doing the shows at Mother Mary's, mm. but and Lynn stuck with him, 
Len didn't back out on those. Oh, well, you know, this isn't and working. After a month or two, this isn't working. Exactly. Now he's got 150 people showing up for his, his you know, for the Saturday shows. Wow. He's got he's got 20 to 30 people showing up on Thursday night for the open mics. It, it, yeah. It, oh, and, man. And the, it was because... The amazing things he, you can do he found, believe. Yeah, he found a... He found a, a a, a bar, you know, a restaurant owner who was willing to stand behind him and give him give him the time he needed to make it. I mean, you know, that's what I feel like with Fab. That's what yeah. I feel like the owner. I mean, the dude that was running the the sound. Yeah, that's the owner of Fab. Oh, okay, he's severely invested, dude. After the first open mic, he sat me down and he was just like, "Okay, you know, this is you know, what what can we do to improve?" Like we we sat down and we broke down like different ways yeah. to make the night better, man. I'm feeling some magic at this place. I'm yeah. thinking that I'm thinking it's going to be cracking pretty soon here, man. I'm just yeah. so excited because, you know, when, when you have that owner that's on your side, yeah. I feel I feel like anything is possible at, the, at that place. I feel like the sky is the limit, man. How come yeah. you ever tried putting on a show, man? You uh, did. I you did. Well, many. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's finish the Star Wars thing. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. I'm really disappointed in in uh, it, it, to me that's like when. Uh, What's his place? Uh, what's his name? Did well, we got to get back into it because we, we had a lot of fodder between yeah. that. What okay, we, well, J.J. Uh, Abrams saying he, he's going to do this first of the new movies, but he's not going to direct the others. That's a little bullshit, I think, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, I realize he is not an actor on the screen, but the, the analogy I'm going to give you is that. So it's not quite the same thing, but to, to me, in a lot of ways, it is. Because you can feel it. Once a director really gets a voice, you can feel it in his movies. It's like you watch Super Eight and you watch the, the the first of the new Star Trek movies. You can tell they're both by J.J. Abrams. <coughs> but um, <clears throat> it's like when someone starts if if uh, what's his name uh, Robert Downey Jr. did the first two Iron Man and then when it came ready to do the Avengers and the third Iron Man, he said, "No, I don't want to do it anymore." Yeah. I, I would be I would have been so pissed. Uh, you know, it's it's like when what's his name did the first couple of Spider Mans, and he didn't want to do Spider Man anymore. Yeah, yeah, X Men, the, the uh, whatever and, his name was, yeah. Ang Lee, he, he stopped it too. And I was yeah. just like, what, what are you doing? director? Look, you you know, especially when it's the kind of franchise, an entertainment franchise like Marvel Comics or like Star Wars or Star Trek is, you know how people feel about. <coughs> excuse me. About these characters and about these stories, and they're they're they they're investing you in, in, in into that, and then you just oh well I'll do one and then I'm gonna go you know that's that's just that just feels so so uh, it feels so crappy. It's uh, like yeah, yeah you know what I'm gonna take this one where I'm gonna get paid twenty million dollars and 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 take off with the money and leave you guys. Yeah, and, there's no win you know, there. You know he goes out yeah. there, he bombs it, and he's scot free. He doesn't you know have to work anymore. He doesn't yeah. get to redeem himself. If he goes yeah. and kills it, you know, someone else has to follow in his footsteps. And it's yeah. Just, it's weird. Having a different vision always yeah. changes the way the movie goes. You look at X2 to X3, look at Spider-Man, you know, 2 to 3, look at, you know, anytime that happens, and yeah. the director shifts. Yeah. yeah, thank goodness that all three of the Batman movies were starred and directed by the same person. Yeah. Because if, 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 if that had changed, I mean, just imagine... How odd it would have felt Dude. when the third episode of a trilogy was just oh, so wildly look different. Look how beautiful that trilogy was. Oh yeah, it was look. amazing, magnificent. Uh, that that's the best. Uh, that's the best superhero movies that have been done. Yes, as uh, as great. It, I really love what Marvel is doing with uh, you know Avengers and X Men and having this. It, it's it's like it's like a a thirty part movie series. You know they're not doing it as. Each movie is in and of itself. Dude, it's it's think, like a thirty part series. I think that and, is and horse shit. Really, horse shit, bro. There's no end. There's infinite movies, and it's just like they're not. Nobody, nobody is taking it to the next level. Nobody is taking risks. Everyone's being fucking safe. I, I don't think that's true. Oh. I, I think Guardians of the Galaxy was a huge risk. Uh, no, I mean, okay, what I'm talking about are the, okay. Here's, here's they took superheroes for. and put them in space. I'm going to just give you and, a little bit of... And, and, it, and that was a great movie. Just, that was that was a real risk. I mean, they've got one of the main characters as a raccoon. But we're talking about gun. completely different things. You're talking about the risk of the concept idea. I'm talking about the moves in the movie. That's what I look for. I look for the moves. You know, and here's an example. I'm not sure what you mean. Yeah, so here's an example. Uh, did you see the first Punisher movie? Yes. 
Okay. I've seen all the Punisher movies. Oh, dude, Warzone? What a fucking underrated movie that is. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a great movie. That was that was a great movie. It takes you back into the 90s. It's just like, this is what cinematography needs to be. It's just yeah. cartoony and like zany. Like I, I loved it. It, it had that gritty, like, Sin City feel. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Punisher Warzone. But yeah, what I'm know, talking I, about. I did think that Punisher would have been better if they had done it like Sin City. With that style, uh, I, I think I think it would have fit there. That would fit perfect. The character Punisher in in this the Sin City world really, uh, they, I, they I mesh. think, yeah, they I think mesh. they match. Um, the and so what I'm talking about when I say I'm looking for moves in the first Punisher, you'll remember this because it's a move and it's a distinct move where he grabs the knife and jams it through the dude's. Um, like under his chin, yeah, and his mouth is open, and you can see the knife through his open mouth. Right. Do you remember that part? Yes. Unique, innovative, never heard or seen anything like that. Yeah, and they did it. That's a move. Um, X two, you know, uh, they had a lot of like, uh, for instance, Magneto. Yeah, Magneto. These guys come up from behind the metal door. These like army men, and they all have their guns drawn. And Magneto comes and pulls all their pins off their grenades. That's a fucking innovative move. Yeah, he took out that whole battalion in one just flick of the wrist. Yeah, that's a great. Move. Okay, and then for instance, X3. What's the move that Magneto does in there? He moves the bridge. He moves the bridge and that's... Oh, he's so powerful. Who gives a shit? That's a li- that's just showing strength. All that is yeah. is a guy on a bench press lifting 400 pounds. It's like, it's a movie. Have him, you know, where's Asteroid M? Yeah. You, you know, know he, he, you want to do that in an innovative way. You have all the rivets fly out of the bridge and it just collapses. Exactly. That's, so that's, what, that's, what I'm, exactly. that's what I'm looking for in this new Star Wars movie. Moves. What moves do they bring to the table? If they make a safe movie, and if they have another fucking Jar Jar Binks type character, I'm going to lose it. I will, I will, you're going to see like uh, an Aurora situation go on, where I just, <laughs> met, just guns, Neo, spinning violently fast. No accuracy, just gunshots. Every, no, I'm just, don't get your panties wet. He's not really going to shoot anybody. He's going to make fun of it, I'm mercilessly. Already, I'm already going to. Well, yeah, no. he's already going to make fun of him personally. <laughs> we all are. Dude, but, you got to have you got to have a sense of humor at this yeah. at this juncture in time. Yeah. You know, it's 2015. Lighten up. You yeah. know, there's yeah. some fucked up situations out there, but I mean, yeah. Come on, just fucking lighten up. I don't know. I fucking drifted off there. Okay, well let's uh, let's go on to uh, your the comedy show that you're putting on now. Yes. It um, uh, the there's a. Uh, uh, it's in the Tower District on Olive Avenue. It's called Fab, is the name of the club. Uh, yes. And you're doing an open mic there every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. Yes, I'm trying to um, invest some energy into the the nothing of the comedy scene that Fresno is. Currently, that's a brand new club. They just brand opened. New club. Brand new club. Yeah, they opened up in October, and they're uh, they're still in their infancy. Yeah. But they're doing great. Their weekends are doing really good. Um, cool. And there's Tuesday nights. There was nothing going on. We kind of just met up and had similar visions, and yeah. you know, he was willing to give me a shot, and you know, it seems like seems like it's it's here to stick. Yeah. Know? Well, you know, I, I walked into that club, and I basically I'm, I'm looking and I'm seeing an empty room. There's, uh, there's perfect for comedy. Yeah. Well, it's there's there's a couple of uh, high top tables with with stools around them in the middle of the room, and over on the left there's a, there's a couple of you know some some booths, and then the just Stage in the back, and there's just nothing else in in the room. The bar on the right hand side mm-hmm. of the of the of there as well. But it's it's um, it's it's very it, you could do. It's something that you, you can come in and do something with it. It's not like you walk in there. There's a, there's booths all over the place, and they're nailed down. There's a big steel around. beam between a, you and the, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah there's it, there's there's nothing in the way, and you could make anything you want out of out of there. If you know, I mean, if if uh, you you could you could bring in tables and chairs for everyone to sit down. You could bring in just a bunch of chairs and put rows, and you could, so you could set up the room in any way that you want. Very malleable for any kind of event that you wanted to do. Yes. yes. So and then that makes it and that makes it great for it's dynamic. I, yeah, exactly. And and then it, the the bar is in a place where it's not in the way. Yeah, that's a that's a big problem when you're doing a comedy show and the bar is just in the most inconvenient. Yeah. You got a guy setting up a punchline. <laughs> Yeah. You want two shots, Fireball? <laughs> yeah, I had that when I was doing a show at a coffee shop. And 
Oh, for, what was for a that little while. Uh, no, actually, uh, I actually never went to that one. That that show was that show was great. You know, we we were talking earlier about how great it is when you've got a, a, a an owner that's an on owner your side. who's on your side. And the owners of that place were definitely on my side. They were they were really because I, I showed up there one um, one Friday night for their music open mic. Mm-hmm. And I was, they didn't have very many people there. I was like, "Was well, it okay if I do a little bit of time?" Yeah, sure. Nice. Uh, how much should I do? Uh, well, you know, everyone's performed, and uh, we still got an hour left. So just go ahead, and do whatever you want. <laughs> By the time I realized it, I'd been on stage for forty minutes. Dude, they're so lucky that you were the one to ask versus because you did well then. I'm sure. Yeah. You did. Oh yeah. yeah. Dude, you're you're. That's one and, thing I always wanted to tell you, Joel, is your abilities as a stand-up comic are very sharp. Well, and thanks. You're, you're, dude, you're underappreciated in this town. Uh, so much so that I underappreciated you. You know, well, I, you still haven't booked me on one of your shows yet, dude. Dude, <laughs> so, everybody gives me so much shit for that. Well, no, God look, damn. <laughs> I, I know that there's uh, forty. Uh, I'm gonna call it amateur and semi-pro. Comics over, 50, over fifty. I know there's a lot of people, and there's no way you're going to keep track of everyone. And I don't yeah. have, uh, you know, if I were, uh, if I were at every one of your shows, like I bet Richie D's at most of yours. See, so or, many, so many misconceptions, and so so many misconceptions. I, I, I always assume it's somewhat the people who are there are the ones who get the gig. So many misconceptions. So, I will tell you, plain and simple, right here on this podcast. Everything that you want to know, because there's so many misconceptions out there. Okay. Well, we will get to we will get to that. Because, but just uh, we're on the subject. Right now. Well, well, I, I, well, we're, I, I want to finish with uh, with my story real quick on on uh, the the coffee the shop. Coffee shop. Show yes, yes, yes. But yes. but know that I have no hard feelings about the fact that you have not booked me because I do understand having booked shows myself but you already I understand said, you already the situation said that you that thought in. that Richie was at my shows you already said that well, you I think he's that been on I book are the people that are around well, that was true. that was the first that was the first name that popped right. in my head the actually uh until he moved the, the the for for a little while the person that I saw that was on the most of your shows was Kevin Tinkin but he he's incredibly fun <laughs> you, you he was on a few you see, man. Well, see, this is only what I see. I and I don't see all of your shows. I, want to get I don't a, know a who pen everyone. And, you, a pen and paper, because I want to write this down for and, you. So and you I don't. I don't know you. who everyone you book is. I don't know what all of the shows that you do are. So, so I don't know everything that's going on. But I do know, having booked a, a few shows myself, how difficult it is, and how much you want to try to be fair to everyone. No, and not leave. No, people no, no, out. no, no. I don't want to try. To be well, fair okay, that's what. I, that's how I felt. And I, I, fair is the last thing I'm thinking, uh, and, and that might show. be why I failed. But, <laughs> but anyway, I, yeah, they were really great about it. And in fact, uh, it, they their coffee shop closed at six o'clock, and I started the shows at seven. So I did it outside of normal oh, their normal yeah. hours on purpose. Beautiful, because the, there's no customer walking in mm-hmm. wanting to get a coffee in the middle of the comedy show. And then I also put an intermission in the middle of the show so that they could sell more coffee drinks. And the blender would not be going while the comedians were telling their jokes. Mm-hmm. And in fact, with the, the show would start at 7 o'clock, and I would go up there. And how much time I did depended upon how long the blender was on. I was up there on stage talking until they were done making everybody's drinks, and the blender stopped. And then I introduced the opener and the feature. And then they would have the intermission in the middle. They would make some more drinks. And once the blending stopped, I would go up and do a minute and then introduce the headliner. So I I, I, I I rearranged the show in a way to avoid the can I have a shot of blood happening <laughs> in the middle of the show. All right. And and, and that, that's what I did with that. And and they were cool with it. If someone had walked up while co- comedians were talking and said, yeah, can I get a frappa? Yeah, as soon as the show's over, I don't want to be making noise. That's what they would have said. And and that's what they did say on a couple of occasions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And and I've experienced it myself. How great it is when the owner of the place is supportive and understands how. Because you know so, something Terry Michaels has said said to me, and I know I've talked about this on the podcast many times. So I'll repeat it. It bears repeating. When you're on stage, you got to remember you're the only person in that building who's in the entertainment business. The owner of the restaurant, the bartenders, everyone, the bar, t- uh, the the servers, none of them are in the entertainment business. They're in the restaurant business. Dude, Terry, They're there to sell drinks and food. Terry is such a fucking professional. Oh I yeah, love that absolutely. Guy, 
I and, fucking love that guy. And you know, he's been doing it a long time, and he knows. And he's right. He's absolutely right. They don't care about the show. Now, they should care about the show. Because in the long run, it will be better for them. Because if there are always good shows there, then people will know. It, you won't even have to advertise as much who's performing. They're going to look and see, oh, at Fab, there's a comedy show. Well, the shows there are always great. They won't even bother looking to see who the performer is. They'll just they'll yes. just go. That's yeah, a, a well oiled machine. But it, so many times they don't they don't care how the sh- well the show is going to go. They're just worried about how many drinks I'm going to sell tonight. Look at the success of Type Homes. That was yeah. the most successful comedy oh, yeah. aspect, and it's be, it's only because the owner was so hungry yeah. to succeed on any night that he threw. Yeah. You know, so he had his Friday nights that he did other stuff. He had, you know, XYZ. And every single night he had his hands dirty working to make these nights succeed. Yeah. Uh, David Ravison? Oh, yeah. Wonderful mind. That oh, guy yeah. is, he's a great dude, man. And then the, the place just closed all of a sudden. But, you know, again, that was a guy who, it was it was over a year before they had re- they regularly had any kind of a crowd in there. And it started with uh, the shows that uh, Aaron Stewart was doing on Wednesday nights. Well, you came in late. Uh, yeah, you know, I did, I, dude. When dude, when I first started, Ty Palms was fucking roaring. Really, roaring every single Wednesday, uh-huh. packed with beautiful women, with the best drink specials, and solid comedy. And just yeah. like what you were saying, people didn't even care who was going up because they knew that yeah, the first couple guys are open micers. They're not going to, but the last guys. That's worth it, you know? Yeah. And that's how Aaron booked it. He always had, like, the heavy hitters yeah. go at the end, or he had somebody come in from Sacramento or San yeah. Francisco. And, you know, dude, when, when, when did you start? Um, what year? I don't remember exactly. I st- oh, what? I'm, dude, well, I remember the day. Well, <laughs> see, I, the that, was, that, was a, that was when I got back into comedy. I first did comedy in 1999. Oh. In Jan- January of uh, 99, just after I got out of the Navy. Okay. So when did you I start was in, first I was in New York City. Uh, I did... Uh, um, I took a, and I, I took a class on stand-up comedy and then did a show at Stand Up New York. That was the first time I ever performed. Um, and yeah, that was January 99. But uh, when I started again here in Fresno... I think it was uh, 2008 or 2009, but I don't remember exactly. No, I can't. I started in 2009. August, well, August of 2009, the uh, second Wednesday was the first one. Okay, uh, someone someone told me that Andre Covington was doing a comedy competition and that the show was at um, Ty Palms. And so I went to that show and I started asking about, well, are there open mics at, at all? And then... That was the year that Sam Kumro won? I don't. I don't remember who won. Or was that the year that? Oh, who did you? Any memorable acts? Or no. no. No one stood out. Wow. To me, was it the semifinals? Uh, it was not the finals. I know that. I know it was not the finals. Wow, dude. Uh, well, I don't know. Um, that's that's. But, so, well, so that, so that must have been what 2010, I 2010. guess. Yeah. I, okay, could be probably 2010. Dude, from 2009, um, in August through, um, I want to say up till then. Up till that um, that first comedy competition, yeah. and maybe even a couple months after that, Ty Palms was roaring. Yeah, and then it was just it became a fight to get people in there, and we were winning. You know, we yeah. were having sold out shows. You yeah, know? not all of them were sold out, but we were still having consistent solid shows. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's sad that uh, that it ended that way, but I mean that's just yeah. I proof. still I still don't even know exactly why the club closed. Uh, there's everybody has a different. I, I've, I've heard a whole bunch of different rumors. Uh, everything from uh, the owner of the shopping center to uh, uh, the owner of the restaurant screwing up, Dude, and I, don't, to, I don't even trust to anything. the cops not liking it, no. or to people calling and complaining. I, I've heard so many different things. I have no idea what happened. Well, I mean, who knows? Who yeah. knows what happened? Well, really? But yeah. the truth is, the owner of that establishment does not like. Um, late night events. He wants okay. to turn that place, which is the smart business thing to do. Yeah. He wants to turn that into like a little river park. He oh, wants, so he the, wants a banana the owner republic. of the shopping center doesn't want. He doesn't want you know booty clubs. He doesn't. Well, want... then why does he why does he keep renting out space to people who are going to open nightclubs? Row was closed down forever, and they just reopened to something. St- I don't know what they opened, and then uh, that other pl- I don't even know, yeah, twist. And the, the Daily Grill. Why don't they shut them down if they don't? Well, it's like not. It. It's not. A, it's not a club. That's not a booty club. 
Daily mm. Grill is a place for business professionals to go get lunch during their lunch hour. You know, Twist mm. is a place for twenty-one-year-olds to go and try and chase some tail and get DUIs. You know, yeah. on palm and knees. So it's like, I mean, he's a he's a smart guy, but I mean, at the same time, we had something a, a working system with yeah. tap palms, and he ruined it. So. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what really happened? But uh, that—that's a big part of it. So we're at forty-nine minutes now. Wow. Okay, so we let's talk, talk about, about comedy now. Comedy. <laughs> Speed the recorder to fifty-one minutes of a one-hour podcast to get to nine minutes of the most not—I don't know—mind-bending <laughs> <laughs> comedy conversation you've ever heard. Um, yeah, let's talk about comedy. So, All right, well, okay, so um, I, I, I think what. Uh, we have nine minutes. What are what are people? Uh, we can go long. It doesn't matter. Okay. It's not like there's uh, there's a, a, a network. I want to give you my two minutes because we got to fit the commercials no, in here. If, no. we're gonna, if we're gonna go back to things we we're talking about, I want to talk about the algorithm and the mis. Ah, fuck. Your algorithm. Let's no, do your, okay. no, 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 let's do that. What's do the that. Point? Do that. Do that. Dude, what? It's nine minutes. I don't want to. I. Who cares? Oh, all right. I mean, I lost my wind. <laughs> I was so like, pumped. We well, you know. About you know what we could do. We we stop right now. Oh no! And then start a second episode. Boom! Prepared. Boom! Next this week. will be like the, the the nerd one with we were talking about <laughs> being not okay, being this, fat. This will be the nerd Star one Wars. about. I'm not fat. <laughs> rapes okay. And I love Star Wars. Many <laughs> of you homos have a problem with it. <laughs> okay, so when we start the next episode, I'm going to have to apologize to Star Wars fan and rape. <laughs> I guess. Oh, let's let's structure this. The next one's gonna go boom, balls out. Okay, comedy. All right, man. Uh, all right. But man. we still got time here. We can, let's finish this up. Man. All right, we'll finish this up. All right. Okay. So let's uh, talk yeah, you know, I uh, okay. Uh, well, my my show at uh, the coffee shop. The only reason it ended is because they closed. Okay. And then uh, I they 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 called me on like Tuesday and said, "Yeah, we're closing on Thursday." And I was like, "But I already sold thirty tickets for the show that's on Friday." <laughs> Sounds yeah, like nothing, oh, crap. Yeah, nothing you can do in that situation. You and, just gotta uh, cut the loss. Well, what I did you move up, the show? Yeah, I did. To where? Uh, there's a banquet room in the Denny's at First and Shaw, which is right near there. <laughs> Dude, that and show. They did it there. That show and, was so fucking fun. And that show was so fucking. Well, fun. It, the problem was Denny's was such a pain in the ass about it. I, I had to fight with them to get them to send a waiter in to take people's or waitress in to take people's orders in the banquet room. Hey, and, come and make like, money. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, hey, I'm giving you three to four hundred dollars worth of extra food sales today. How about having someone come in and take the orders? <laughs> and I had to fight with them. They wouldn't of course well it's corporate, so we can't no, that's bullshit. I don't give a damn if it's corporate. It's easier to get per- forgiveness than permission. If you do something and it works they will say it's okay. Yeah. If you do something and it doesn't work, you say, oh, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. <laughs> That's what you do. It, well, I mean, oh, it's corporate is a bullshit excuse that I will not accept. Oh, well, they well. should have put they should have <laughs> put a poster up in that in that restaurant. They should have let me come and hand flyers to customers once in a while because that is what is better for the business. And I'm telling you, if if I make their store's bottom line go up, corporate will say it's okay. That's uh, inaccurate. And yeah, it's, I'm going to tell no, you. No, it's, gonna, it's absolutely accurate. I'm gonna, well, let me give you the example. That, okay, uh, it's like saying, hey, if it works and it drives numbers, do it first. Ask for forgiveness later. I'm going to sell crap cocaine from the back and get $40,000 extra this month. That's a little different. It's the same thing. No, no, no. It's we're the breaking the law. <laughs> you are breaking the law. No, you can't not. have a comedy show in a, in a yes, you can. In their world. I mean, you know. But there's no law here. Oh, there's no, there's no law here that's being broken. Yeah. Could they? Could they be like? Could they ever? Well, pull no. That, what what pull you end up? What, what you end up with is managers who who are so afraid that they they're walking on eggshells. But and 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 that I do understand. They're wrong. I think they're wrong. But I do understand that because you know managers I, 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 at I, I, every I, I, kind of store. It's gotten to the point where no one really no one's really a manager anymore. You you are the person whose job it is to sign your name on the piece of paper, but you're not really a manager. If you're a manager of a store, it means you have the right to hire and fire people, and you cannot do that as a manager. You have the right to to make any kind of a a decision for that store, like uh, changing prices if necessary, and and you can't do that as as a manager of any kind of store nowadays or a, a restaurant. You can add new products. That that's a manager. Okay, no one, no one at any dude, store dude. or restaurant is a manager anymore. They're an administrator at best. 
Bro, I was a manager at a Verizon store. Did you have the authority to do any of these things? I had the authority to hire people. I had the authority, and it's not the authority of firing people, but it's like, I can't literally say, hey, you're fired. But I can say, hey, district manager, these are the reasons why this person is bringing down the morale cells and overall just, oh yeah, then let her go. You know, like straight up. Um, what was the other thing you said? Change prices? <laughs> All day. Now and that's, add new products. Add new products? No. No, 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 no. Cannot do that as a manager. I mean, dude. I'm, well, they see, I'm talking about what, what a manager of, of an establishment is supposed to be. And we're, we're talking about Denny's here. Those people are not managers. <laughs> and almost any store is not a manager. Now, you had a lot more leeway than uh, as I had, a manager I had of a cell phone store than yeah. most people do. I could do some shit. <laughs> but the, see, the, the selling cell phones is a little different because you're not selling that cell phone. You're selling it to your contract. Example, I run a comedy show in my in my store. You know, it gets people in, it drives business. Yeah. They'd fucking they'd say, Get out of here, Chris. You know, you can't really? do that. Oh hell yeah. If 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 you started doing a comedy show at your cell phone store and it got four or five cell phones and contracts sold every single show, you think they would tell you to stop doing it. Plain, really? plain and simple, I'll give it to you 100% straight. I run a comedy show in my store, yeah. and I sell 20 cell phones, generating the week's worth of profit that we needed. Yeah. I'm fired. If I ran a comedy show at a venue that was sponsored by my store, that had signs up about my store, and I sold five phones out of that, mm. I'm promoted to, to do something else. I'm I'm in charge of regional sales or something. Okay. This guy's thinking outside the box. You know that's the that's the relationship that events have okay, with well, businesses. First question is why would you be fired if you had it in the store? Because they managers are very fickle. I have a good soul, so I try to make everything you know equal for everybody. But think about my manager and think about their manager. These people are very small. You know, they're very, they're, uh, you need to do what I say and jump, jump. I ask you to jump. You say how high, you know, ah, like they're that, those type of people. So if it's not their idea, it's not a good idea. If I have a comedy show in my store and it fucking kills, they're going to go and be like, look at this guy. Who's like bringing in people to the store. What if somebody gets hurt? We don't have insurance for this. We don't, we, what if somebody steals something? We can, we don't have people to man all these people. He's looking at all the negative aspects of what could go wrong. You know, it's not right. Theoretically, you're correct. Why wouldn't you want me to sell 20 phones in the store, you jackasses? You know what I'm saying? But it doesn't work that way. You know, because the managers above you and above them are very small people. And see, right there is the problem that I'm talking about. So you're kind of supporting my side on this. Yes. The the problem is that no one is really given the, uh, no one is really a manager. Because if you were really a manager, you could do that. If you were really the person who was put no. in charge of that store, you're you're babysitting the store. You're not running it. I could run an event and have it sponsored by my company. Yeah, and have it somewhere else. And have it somewhere else. That's but, the proper way see, to do a comedy show. But see, with Denny's, though, I mean, this is a restaurant where just ran, uh, people are supposed to come in and stay. And they have a banquet room for events where people can come in and do presentations no. and any of that kind of... That's how, what the banquet room is for. How much is it... Did you, did you have to rent the banquet room? Uh... No, they. I did not. I had to. Uh, I had to guarantee a minimum number of people, you but see, I didn't have to pay for the banquet. That room. to me is um, equivalent exchange. That banquet room has a price, and you know the, the, the price is bringing this many people who are going to order food. Fair deal. And yeah. for them to turn around and say, "Oh, well, we can't do it anymore," why not? You know, the deal was. Well, I, I, I stopped doing it because I was tired of fighting with them. Okay. Because, I, well, like I said, the, the worst part was having to argue with their servers to come in and take people's orders. Mm-hmm. Well, I have my own tables. No, these are your tables also. These are your customers who are going to buy food and they're going to leave you a tip. Okay? You need to come and take... Well, no, I, I've got my own tables here to take care of. See, they even though I would have 20 or 30 people come in, you know, the, the smallest show that I did had 12. And that's still... Have a server. Uh, and the largest show I had, that room was full, and there were sixty chairs in there. Mm. And I st- they was still, they still had a one? server. Uh, I I don't remember who headlined that one. What? I mean, uh, you don't remember you know, when you're when you I started did not have Fresno? anyone. Okay, well, the first show I ever did was at the coffee shop. It was Tom Clark. 
Um, he happened to be he, he's he's been on the last comic standing. Uh, I, I'd done a show with him once before. He happened to be passing through town on that weekend, and that's why I was able to get him to come and do that nice. at the price I could afford. Uh, the other nights it was it was always it, it was always a, a, a local comic. Danny Mitch, Terry Michaels. Um, uh, uh, who else did I have headline that show? Johnny, I was born once. Um, I, I don't remember who all the other people. I were. did it once. <laughs> yes, Chris Cruz. Damn. Yeah. Chris Cruz did one. I, well, I mean, there was a. There, I did, did you like. Say you did one. You don't have to say Chris Cruz. <laughs> uh, Christopher C. Cruzenstein. Cruzenstein. Uh, this guy did one. Uh, but it, it was it was it was because you know what I I didn't I didn't have the money to to hire people since you know I I, I don't know if you're getting financial support from the place or if you would if you were bringing in bigger names. We'll from see, LA or something. I really can't talk about logistics. Well, and I'm not. I'm not asking you to. I'm just saying I don't know if you do. But, what, what, but what I know that I did not. This is good stuff for that. the comedy aspect. What what time yeah. are we at? Uh, actually, we're right at one minute and ten seconds now. Okay. Well, well you know what? we're we're gonna in this this episode of the podcast right now, and we're gonna start recording another one. We're actually gonna talk about uh, uh, some Fresno comedy stuff. I love you, people. Chris Cruz comedy Instagram. Do it. Yes. Tonight, get his T-shirt. It's 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 very clever. It Don't took me a minute to Don't figure it out. It. I'm not gonna say it. Yeah. It's very clever. It took me a minute to figure it I out. Appreciate that. I appreciate. But that. Uh, uh, thanks, uh, Chris. Thanks for doing this episode. JT, and, thanks for having me. And and uh, thanks for hosting as well in uh, your <laughs> your lovely home with the uh, with the lovely green couch. Uh, thanks. Uh, this is Ed, JT. Um, I will uh, talk at you soon. See Chris. Out. Peace. Bravo! I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away! Hey, boo!